podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Time to fire up the grill. Time to go to Total Wine and find the perfect flavor to pair with those burgers. Ooh, I love their beer cooler. <laughs> you love their prices even more. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. Good evening and welcome to the Friday forecast from the LFC Day Trippers. I'm your host Keith and tonight I'm joined by Gav, by Anthony and for the first time by Rambo. Uh, how's it going folks? How are you? All good. Good. Excellent, good. Excellent, good stuff. Rambo is your first time joining us. It's a pleasure to have you on. Um, the the people will be, uh, some people might know you from um, some of the stuff you're doing but do you want to give them a little introduction to let them know who you are and what you do? Yeah, yeah, I mean, essentially, I'm normally not like, I normally don't look like I'm in a cave, uh, first of all. Um, <laughs> normally, we have the nice glam cameras, so I, I present for the Premier League, Nike, and a few others, um, and generally just have a lot of time on my hands and just watch a, a lot of football, which is probably why you guys got me here. Excellent, excellent. That's the sort of thing we're into, I'm not going to lie. Um, and um, tonight, folks, what we're going to do tonight is we're going to take a look at the Champions League and a quick look at the Europa League for the English and British clubs, uh, how the draws have gone, where we see any potential banana skins or who might have a nice handy group. Now, I know there's a lot of, um, a lot of comments and a lot of traction about the £15 pay-per-view for matches and we're not going to go into that tonight because it's only really broken today and we're going to take a good look at it and do a show maybe tomorrow about that um, something quickly so we won't be dealing with that tonight uh, we're just going to like I said look at the, the European tournaments and just while we're on the international break just to see how it goes um, Gav I want to come yeah. to you first um, the the Champions League draws right so we'll deal with them first we'll do mm-hmm. your open league later Four English clubs in there. We've got ourselves, we've got City, we've got Chelsea, and we've got Man U. Mm-hmm. When you looked at the draws, how did you, first off, how did you find the Liverpool draw? Were you happy with it? Um, do you think it's a banana skin? Do you, do you think it's a hard group, but not too hard? Look, what way do you think it's it's come for Liverpool? It's a good, it's a good draw. I think it's a good draw. You know, when you're seeing what was in, what was potentially in part two, um, you could have ended up with really, really, you could have been ended, ended could you have ended up with Atletico? Yeah. Um, and that was a worry. Um, there was some, some really good sides in there, but like you look at Ajax were in a final, a semi final, sorry, two years ago. They've lost, they've been stripped of some of their best players, you know, in yeah. Zoyac, um, the Litz, Van der Beek. um, Van der Beek. De yeah, they've, they, you know, they've been stripped a little bit in the last, in the last year or two. Um, Atlanta were a surprise package of last season, weren't they? You know, they, they just score goals for fun. They're very, very open. Um, you know, they get to, did we get to the semi-finals? Um, you're gone quarterfinals, maybe. Um, and they're done very late on by PSG, if I remember right. And they're so open in what they do. I, I believe they've lost a couple of players as well, but 
going on form recently that they're still scoring plenty of goals. Hearts and goals yeah, and Mutualand, um, of course, they've been seen around the place a couple of times. They're, they'll be seen as the sort of whipping boys of the group. It's going to be interesting, Keith, you know, big nights at Anfield under the lights, you know, Ajax, um, Atalanta, you'd expect two really, really good games. I think these other sides in the group would be quite happy that it's behind closed doors, you know, yeah. simply because they're playing Liverpool and they won't have to go to an absolutely packed Anfield. And, you know, having said that, Liverpool going away to empty grounds might be a bit of a, a, a bit of an advantage to Liverpool. But to me, it's a decent group. It is a decent group. You know, you'd be, you'd, you'd expect to come out with that group fairly handy. Um, you'd expect to win it, I think. And, but we've we've seen with Liverpool over the last couple of years, even when they win the competition, they they, they scrape out of groups and they only get going really when the when the knockout starts. But looking at who we could have got, and when you look through the other groups as we will, I think it's it's a fairly favourable draw. I think. Yeah, I, I I'd agree with you on that, Anthony. Um, something Gav touched on there was the the lack of crowds. You know, it's going to be unusual looking at Anfield on European night when it's empty. Um, do you think it'll have any bearing, or do you think with the the teams we've got that it, it might just suit us? Well, we should be good enough. First and foremost, I mean, looking at the group this year, last year was Salzburg, Genk and Napoli. It's kind of similar, I suppose. The way yeah. the seeding is, it's it's stacked it that way that you're going to get one tough one, uh, maybe one sort of unknown quantity and another one where you'd fancy yourself. And as Gav touched on there with the players that say Ajax have lost the last two seasons, they're obviously nothing like the force that they were. Um, and Mitterland look like, you know, probably the minnows of the group. So first and foremost, Liverpool should be absolutely good enough to win the group. But they made a meal of it last year. And, you know, we're coming off the back of a result that absolutely nobody saw coming in the world. So, you know, you, that's football, I guess. Like, I, I think having no crowds is clearly affecting the game, not just Liverpool, it's affecting the game. And and it's still sort of, it's funny, it's going to be interesting to see how these games play out over the next couple of months. Uh, that's if they do play out the way things are. Please God that they do. But, um, you know, are they gonna, is it going to help or hinder those smaller clubs? Because, yeah, you could say that coming to a packed downfield is, is a tall order for any team. But we saw, let's say, Salzburg last year, sometimes teams can rise it, it sort of brings the best out of them as well it's a free swing it's a chance to play in an iconic stadium that these players are never going to get you know I've never a lot of them wouldn't have got before and it can actually bring the best out of them um, but look I, as I said like just looking at it on paper Liverpool absolutely should be strong enough I really like Atalanta by the way I, and they, they haven't although they, I think they may have lost a player or two they haven't been gutted in the same way that for example Ajax you know paid a heavy price in the end for their Champions League run. They, they, they've kept on to a lot of um, their best players and they brought in a couple of good players as well they brought in a, a midfielder from Spartak Moscow like, I can't his name of age but he's a good player so they're going to be decent they're, they, they're dangerous they are dangerous so I think you know between us and them for, for the top spot Yeah and um, Rambo what the hell do you see it going something something Anthony uh, touched on there was you know the strength that Atalanta have and, and they do you know they had a, a front uh, front two of Muriel and Zapata. Zapata have been banging in goals for them. Um, and he brought in Sam Lemmers from, uh, I think it was PSV, has come mm-hmm. in this year. And he started off really well for them as well. They're all a, they're a goal-scoring machine, Atalanta. The fact that there's no fans at the ground, right? They weren't playing at home in any way. Is this a an advantage maybe that Atalanta may have had in any way? Because they were going to be playing in San Siro, Um 
I think that's where they're playing the home games at the moment. Are they going to be a sneaky dark horse again this year, or do you think they're a bit more known and the element of surprise could be gone? To be fair, I think um, I, I backed them last year because um, they're actually like my Italian team that I, I support, if you like, um, purely because they remind me of Liverpool in a lot of ways. That like early early doors Liverpool under Klopp, explosive side, not not too phased by any opposition. Um, I think that like if you look at their away and home form last year, I'm pretty sure they beat two of the big three at home and also beat like lost to like the, the smaller sides in Syria away from home. Um, I think we, we might be slightly overlooking Ajax. I think Ajax are still a club with loads of pedigree. They've still played really good football this season. They've lost a few stars, but I think one thing Ajax are really good at doing is almost like buying players who replenish that squad over and over again and do it repeatedly. Um, and they've done it for years and years, and they've made some good signings. Um, I think Atalanta are the biggest danger because you know, Liverpool in this high line, Atalanta prey on that. Um, and they, they will just play gung-ho football. I, I imagine both games will be like a 5-3 or a 5-2 because I think last season they had over I think they had six or seven fixtures that had, they had scored six goals or more in. So um, I don't think they're going to struggle to score against us. I'll say that. Yeah, very true. Um, Ajax, Gav, do you see them? I know they are the talent factory. They do bring in players and, you know, when one one player goes, they bring through more. But do you feel that, uh, look, I don't, I don't profess to know everything about the current Ajax setup now, but, you know, they've lost a lot of big players and maybe this could be a year that might be a down year for them. Or do you agree with, with Rambo that it's just, they'll just keep churning these guys out? They always churn them out, Keith. You know, go back as many years as you want and there's always an Ajax player or at least one, if not two or three, that is coveted across Europe, um, you know, by a big English, Italian, uh, German sides. Um, they always turn them out. And, and when that happens, Keith, especially if the, if, if these players are just coming into the side, say during this summer, they become a little bit of an, an, an unknown quantity, you know, because, you know, when they were, when they were so good two years ago, and sh- let's be honest, a little bit more experience and, and they beat Spurs and they end up in the final with us. But when they were good a couple of years ago, people were just stood up and took notice of them, but they were a little bit surprised at the same time. You, but now, after seeing the players that they've lost, you're kind of going, you know, how many can they churn out to get to that sort of level? When it comes, when it comes to the group itself, I would expect Liverpool to win the group. I would expect, I, I agree with Rambo, Atlanta are just, and a few of our lads that, that, that do the podcast for us and we have a WhatsApp group and a few of them just adore Atlanta. You know, they just adore everything they do, the way they go on. Like when Atlanta are playing, every, a couple of the lads in our group are like, Atlanta are on tonight, lads. And it's like, it's, it's Saturday night entertainment, like, you know, um, but I, I would expect them too to be fighting for second place. And, you know, we everyone's seen Atalanta last season. They've seen them and they've seen what they're about. And I get the whole no crowds and they're not even playing at home. And and they, like Rambo said, they prey on a high line. But Liverpool learn very quickly about these teams and would have been watching them last season and, and will be prepared this season. But going back to Ajax, I think uh, I think Atalanta. I think Rambo's right. I think Atalanta are the main threat in this group because I think Ajax they may have one or two good games in it, but I think they'll flatter to deceive. And simply because no matter how many players you churn out, they stick up a lot of them could be turning up in the Champions League for the first time. And crowds are no crowds. It's a massive stage to play on. 
Yeah, as I think Avo pointed out, the, the Dutch are letting limited numbers in, um, which could, would be interesting. You know, I forgot all about that. Some of the other countries are allowing, um, some fans in. So it'll be interesting to see if, if that is the case. I know Michelin as well, they will, they will have fans in the stadium. So yeah, it might be an interesting, we might be at a disadvantage there, but look, they, they are going to be dangerous. Um, Anthony, do you want to tell us all about Midtjylland, about their history, their rich history in <laughs> the Danish league and in European competition? Yeah, I'll have to go back to go on the <laughs> Wikipedia page. Well, I just, they came through the playoffs, I think. They, they squeezed through the playoffs, you know, and uh, as I said, the way the seed and the stack, they usually get a team that, like themselves, that, you know, that they're probably, it's, it's an achievement to, to be there and to get a swing at the likes of Liverpool. So, yeah. you know, you expect that they're going to struggle to, to pick up too many points. But, um, you know, look, just going back to Atalanta briefly, but it's interesting with them this year. Like, if you think of Liverpool, when they got to the, when they had that run in 2018, um, that's kind of just seemed to, you know, it's caught a lot of people off guard, that run to the final. To come back and win it the next year, Liverpool, they did have to evolve the way they played. You know, they, they didn't play the same way yeah. the following year. So I think that's the challenge for Atalanta. I don't think you get away with being that sort of gung-ho attacking team for too long. As brilliant as they are, and they are, they're fantastic to watch, and they, they're, they're going to score goals. But it, that's the way it is at the top table. You do get figured out. So it would be, be interesting to watch them to see if, if they manage to, to sort of find a little bit more balance in terms of how they play and, and make themselves a little tougher to score against. Um they are a very good side. So I, I'm looking forward to, to those games, actually. I think, um, not to jinx it, like anytime you say this, you expect like a 5 3 or 6 3. It always seems to be yeah. like goes the other way, but you, you definitely expect goals in those two matches. Yeah, that, that's a good point, um, Rambo. Before we finish up on the Liverpool group, you know, Anthony said there about they, they have a way of playing and is Gasparini going to be able to change that to, to sue? You know, he saw where he got them last year. But their undoing is that they're too gung ho and they're too open. They play such a high line as well um, as ourselves. Do you think that might be their undoing in the group, or do you think right the Italian teams traditionally and they're not a traditional Italian team? That's the thing about Atlanta, isn't it? Do you think he can he can change it, or what do you think? In all fairness, last year when they, were, when they played the three four one two with Papu Gomez in behind Ilicic, has obviously had loads of stuff going on, and they're missing him. Um, bizarre scenario there, but. Uh, a couple of times last year, obviously they had Castagna and they had Gozens and they often switched to a 3-4-3. Three, three. Yeah. So I think he loves playing three at the back. I don't think that will change, but they play loads of different variations of three at the back. Now, so I think I did actually see in the, in the, in the comments that um, Liverpool tore Roma to shreds, who played that like really high line against Liverpool and took a chance. Gasparini does have a good appetite of almost evolving and adapting to the opposition. Not too much because they don't, they don't ever stop playing their style. Um, and in all fairness, the game against PSG, they were so close to winning that game. Yeah. PSG brought Mbappe on and that changed the game. But in reality, they had three or four really good chances. I think that in, in one way where a lot of teams will have learned about them, they will have also learned about the Champions League. Um, it'll be interesting which which side of the coin they land on. They could land on the side where they've learned loads and they're actually much more experienced Champions League side or the side where they carry on doing the same things as before and still don't have the quality. But... They're definitely in danger. And also, Michelin actually have a couple of decent players. Evander and Sisto um, are two very interesting midfielders. And they're the sort of team that has to, it would be typical of Liverpool to turn up against them and draw 1-1. Um, red Star Belgrade. Um, yeah, fully a Red Star Belgrade sort of side. But 
Um, Liverpool should win this group. I mean, when the draw happened, I was in my head, I was like, we've, we're definitely winning this group. Well, that's great. So we'll continue with that then, uh, Rambo. Give us your, your place predictions for it. How do you think it shapes out? Liverpool winning? We, yeah, Liverpool, Atlanta, Ajax, Midtjylland. But I think uh, Ajax and Atlanta will, will be very close to each other. I think. Yeah, excellent stuff. Anthony, what about yourself? How do you see it going? Yeah, same as Rambo. Liverpool, Atlanta, yeah. Ajax, Midtjylland. Yeah. yeah, Gav? Yeah, full house. Full house. Full house. We're yeah. all in agreement. So it's Liverpool to win the group. And look, a lot of people in the comments are saying, you know, you can't take them. Um, you can't take them for granted. You, you have to, you have to beat them. And as I was touched on, you know, last season it was a very similar group: Napoli, Genk, um, and Salzburg. You know, no really bad teams. We done what we had to do, but. You know, I think it'll finish the same. I think the four of us are all in agreement there. Liverpool, Atlanta to go through. Ajax into Europe, uh, Europa League and Michelin, unfortunately, on the way out early doors. Uh, we were coming there in from LFC Aaron. Great channel, lads. Nice one, Aaron. Thanks for the support. We appreciate that. I hope uh, anyone that's watching us, if you can hit the like button, subscribe, share, do all that good stuff. Helps us grow as a channel. Uh, we appreciate all the support that we get. Um, and we're trying our best to get as much many shows on and, you know, good varied shows as well. So we appreciate any support we get. So thanks very much for that. Um, so yeah, Liverpool's group looks cut and dry. I'll move on to another group that's, you know, uh, we're being joined by the great Harry. Harry, how are you? I'm good, guys. How are you? Thanks for having me. No problem. Harry, we're talking about Champions League, so you might want to go off and come back in about <laughs> half. <laughs> um, Let's get that in nice and early. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, look, what we, a we appreciate you. Yeah, we appreciate you coming on. Um, we we're just going to, we're just going through the the English sort of groups in the Champions League, and then we'll do the Europa League after that. So we've just done Liverpool. You've been spared having to give us your opinion on that group. And I'm going to move on to another one of the the easier groups. The next two might as well be Europa League groups. And anyway, we talk about Man City's um, Man City's group. It's Olympiacos, Marseille, and Porto. Harry, I'll come to you first on this. What do you make of that as a draw for Man City? Unusually hard for them, isn't it? <laughs> there's a couple of draws there's a couple of teams in there that would be really difficult away trips under normal circumstances so Olympiacos for example um, I was out there in February when Arsenal went there and I don't think I've ever been in a more intimidating stadium so that would have been ordinarily a really difficult trip Marseille is also a difficult trip ordinarily as well so you know, if we're going to continue, well, we are going to continue with at least reduced crowds anyway in some places and, and in some places none at all. I think that will help Man City, but it's still a draw that I look at and think they should have enough in that squad to get through. And yeah, I'd, I'd be pretty pleased with that if I was Pep Guardiola. Um, Gav, it's, you know, tongue in cheek, you know, but it is, it's, it's, it's a group that City will expect to win, but there, as Hardy said, there is a few banana skins in there. We've seen Olympiacos over the last couple of years um, against the English teams, and they've, they've looked a threat. Um, but Porto maybe are the biggest biggest hurdle they have to overcome, wouldn't he? I don't think any of them teams are a threat to Man City. I'm being honest with you. You know, it, put it this way: if if Man City weren't to come out with that group, how far do you think Porto, Marseille, or Olympiacos would go in the in the tournament yeah. how far would he go not very far in my opinion a lot of people were quite happy that Marseille came out because it looked like City could get a really handy uh, pot three but um, it looked like or, or maybe pot four but Marseille coming out people could rate Marseille and maybe 
it, they have something there that I don't know about. But yeah, looking at that group, but but looking at the, looking at that group for me, Keith, like the, I'm very surprised he didn't get Shakhtar there at Donetsk, um, yeah. because they usually just marry them two together at the start of the draw and then commence the draw. Um, but it's 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 not something that's happened, you know. Under normal circumstances, Harry said it's quite a, a couple of difficult ones. Porto can be a hard place to go unless you're Liverpool, who just go there and score four and five goals every time they turn up there. But it's in in group stages that they're, they're usually quite good. Olympiacos, we all know about the, the atmosphere and stuff over there, and it can be tricky. Um, Olympiacos, I think, knocked Arsenal out of the Europa League last season, didn't they? Am I right? They did, yeah, yeah. they did. Um, and yeah, they did. So you know they're they're, they're a decent side, and Marseille. You don't know what you're going to go. You go, you go to Marseille away and it can be a difficult place to go as well. But look, City behind closed doors or whatever it might be, they'll beat them three handy at home and they only have to go away. And Pep will be looking at this as, as a way of, you know, getting wins on the board early. Um, because it's a condensed season, he'll look at getting wins on the board early, you know, get three wins and, and then go, right, we'll, we'll go away somewhere, we'll take our chances, we'll bring a, a, a skeleton squad and probably come away with a win anyway, and then he can concentrate on the league, you know, but we'll have to wait and see. But for me, it's an extremely good good draw for Manchester City. Rambo, I'll come to you. One of the things that gets labelled at Man City in the Champions League is that they, they always get an easy group, like ridiculously easy groups, uh, and it never seems to stand them in good stead because they just sort of walk through them and then maybe get caught cold when they come up against decent opposition. Is it more of the same for you this year? Um, yeah, to be fair, like I, in my head I was thinking I, I want to disagree with everyone else because obviously we've had two or three opinions already. But if I was Pep Guardiola or anyone at Man City, I'm looking at Porto and thinking without their home crowd, they're not gonna. They're not gonna lay a glove on it. Same for Olympiacos and Marseille. Look, a trickier opposition this year than they have in recent years, but still, they're not a particularly great side. Um, if I'm honest, I think Man City probably win. They're probably going beaten. I, I, I can't see them dropping a single point. Um, sorry, losing a single game in in this campaign, if only for the reason that Pep Guardiola and Man City are desperate to win the Champions League. So I imagine they'll go full strength for the, most of the campaign. Um, maybe the problem might be for them is they, they come out of this group and they get a draw that they don't really want. Maybe someone like an Atlanta who have bought like full pelt at them or whoever it might be, uh, or an Atletico Madrid, like that sort of draw could catch them cold. Um, but I honestly, on a, on a longer scale, I think Man City could go further than they did last year. Um, but at the same time, <laughs> anything can happen in the Champions League. And in a lot of ways where we're saying like Olympiacos and Porto and Marseille, Playing in an empty stadium is non-beneficial for them. We've seen so far in the Premier League, for some teams it can be beneficial. So you never know. Um, but yeah, I think Pep's probably sat watching this right now thinking, shut up, mate. We're winning every <laughs> single game. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony, um, look, the lads have, have, have sort of laid out on this one. Um, do you think there's any banana skins in there for them? Is there any, any teams that you think could cause an upset in that group? Uh, Marseille or Villas Boas is at Marseille, isn't he? So yeah. that, that's interesting. I, I don't think so, though. I think they will ease through. I, I don't think there's any direct connection between how easy it's been for them in the group stages and their struggles in the knockout stages, relative struggles. I mean, um, I think that just comes down to maybe a, a few factors, and one of them is, is Guardiola's tendency to, to overthink these knockout games. I think he's now 10 years, is it nine or 10 years since he's won the Champions League? 
and it's it's weighing on them heavily. It's obviously the one that they're desperate for. I think that they are going to go close. I think, you know, it's funny when we're talking about behind closed doors and, and how the, it affects games and affects teams. I think uh, this is a group where it's a really good example. I think Harry touched on it there. When you look at some of these teams, they, they all have very, you know, partisan, passionate home fans, which can level the playing field. We've seen with Liverpool against Red Star was a very good example. Now, when you have to trek across Europe for, for a midweek match, yeah. you know, once the, the Premier League games start coming thick and fast, and, and you, can get, you can get caught cold. But City have been cruising through these group stages for the last few years, and they're you know, expecting to do it again. Um, but I, I, I do think they're going to go close. And, you know, I think having no crowds affects, would affect a Liverpool more than a Manchester City when it comes to the quarterfinals or the semifinals. And that's not to be smart about it. It's not, yeah. you know, it's not to take a dig at them about it. It is just... Anfield is just a more imposing stadium. It's, it's got a stronger atmosphere and it does seem to spook teams, including Manchester City, uh, whereas the Etihad just it, it doesn't have the same force and the same reputation and the same weight around Europe. And uh, in, when you get to that level where the margins are so fine, those things do matter. They really do matter. I know we're looking at elite footballers here and they, they, they're used to playing in front of big crowds and they're incredibly well coached and trained. But when you come to that last a couple of percent, like those frantic, mad crowds, can they can make even the best players make a bad decision? Or as with Barcelona a couple of years ago, just sometimes they just freeze. Uh, City don't have that behind them, and they paid the price for facing it in, in on a few occasions. If you remove that, I think that it, it could actually suit them and, and maybe stack it back their way. I, I think they're going to go close this year, and I, I think. You know, this could could be Pep's last year. You know, I don't, I can't imagine him staying for too much longer there. He's already been there longer than I thought he would be. Yeah. So you know, I, I think they'll they'll get through on second gear in the group stage, and I don't think that would be a hindrance. That that's only going to help them. You know, keep fresh legs for the spring and the, for that charge in the, in the spring and into towards May. Yeah, it's, uh, it's in. Sorry, Keith. Oh, it's, ahead, just, it's it's interesting. Everyone, people talking there and saying, you know, um. I'm sure we, we're all going to have to do a prediction on who wins the Champions League and, and, and a few lads there think that City are going to go close. I don't. And I think they'd have been better off getting a, a bigger side in the group. I genuinely do. Because I feel that City, what happens with them is they get an easy group, they saunter through it and they, they struggle to get themselves going then for yeah. some reason. I don't know what it is. It's like a comfort zone to get into in the Champions League. Why? I don't know. Because they keep being made favourites every year and they haven't won the thing. But I, football ability, it, it, it's it's very it's very hard to deal with them. Although I don't think they're as strong as they were last year, to be honest. But Pep just wrecks his own head and yeah. he wrecks everybody else's head around him. And I just still think there's something there about Man City where they have some sort of complex that mainly comes from the manager when they hit quarterfinals and semifinals or whatever it might be and the heads go. You know, it, it was inexplicable to lose to Leon. It genuinely was. It was inexplicable to lose to Leon. It was the best chance he've ever had. And for me, I'd, I would have liked to see them get, for City's benefit, I would have liked to see them get a bigger team in the group stages to push them. And give them a little bit of a scare even so they, they're on their toes when it comes into the knockout rounds. It'll be interesting to see the predictions at the end, but I, st- I still think Pep is just doing his own head in and, and I think he might do his head in again. 
Yeah. And his last season at City. Leadership. A lack of leadership there at City, in my opinion, in their playing squad. And, you know, from, from Guardiola, I think his head is cabbaged at this stage as well. So it will be interesting. I think a big team, a strong team would have been something that maybe got them up for the games, you know, because the... the a little bit last season and this season, I suppose, teams will challenge them a bit more. But they were just sort of skating through without much challenge and I don't know, it was catching them out. But Gav, I'll stay with you. Give us your predictions for this group. City, Olympiacos, Marseille, Porto. Who's winning it? Who's um, going into Europe? City. Um, <laughs> City definitely winning it. Porto and Marseille. I'll go Porto second, Marseille toward Olympiacos fourth. Excellent. Uh, Harry, what about yourself? Give us their placings in this one. I'll go City first, uh, Porto second, Marseille third, uh, as much as it pays me to it's say Olympiacos me. fourth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's <laughs> I knew that. I was expecting a surprise Olympiacos they, second. Yeah, they, they can't travel. Greek teams notoriously yeah. don't travel well, and that's a problem. Good stuff. And Rambo, what about yourself? Um, if only for the fact that lads have gone. Oh, sorry, lads. Um, lads have had the same opinion. I'm going to go City, Porto, Olympiacos, Marseille. I think Marseille lack a bit of bite, but um, so it's only because Harry's in here, and I want the Greek guy to do all right. There you go. Why not? Why not? David David Moyers in the chat David says Moyes. it's it's the actual David Moyers as well. He says, Marseille have a hungry Villas Boas. You'll be sorry for making that prediction. I hope you're well, David Moyes. I hope you're back on the mend. And um, your team are doing grammar out you both. I'd stay where you are. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Keith. Stay in the chat. This is where he's doing his <laughs> best work. Anthony, what about yourself? Yeah, I, I'm going to go with Moisey. City winner, <laughs> Marseille second, Porto and uh, Olympiacos. Nice. Interesting. Nice, nice. Um, so that's City walking through. The next group, I think, is even worse. It's Chelsea. So we've got Chelsea, Sevilla, Ren, and Krasnodar. Um, Rambo, we'll come to you on this one. Can you see another than the Chelsea win here, or is Sevilla the dark horse? Or do Sevilla just save themselves for the Europa and look to finish third? I mean, it, it would be a bit of a joke if Sevilla finished third, because it, it gets to a point where you go, why are you even putting them in the Champions League? Just just in your hopefully that's where they want to be. Um I actually think Rene, who have started the season really well, have bags of young talent, bags of it. Um and I think if I'm honest, it Chelsea probably needed a group that might similar to City might give him a kick up the backside a bit more. Because I think Lamps already is like his side have already been exposed a little bit for being naive against sides that are a little bit weaker. Uh West Brom is an example this season, but loads of examples last season. Um, and I like Lamps as a manager, but I think there's a like Sevilla will love playing against Lampard. I mean, not not Sevilla as a whole, but yeah. the the way Sevilla plays suits a youthful side that make tons of small errors in transition, and Sevilla will pounce on that. Um, and then you got Rene, and then Krasnodar, who once again, like I don't even know why they're attending. To be honest, no disrespect, but they're just not. They're just they're not a side I know a great deal about. But at the same time, whenever I've watched them, they're not a side I want to know a great deal about. Um, so it's a split between Rene and Sevilla. I think Sevilla genuinely made for the Europa League, and Rene have so much youthful talent. I don't think this this group's going to be a straight Chelsea blowout. I don't think there's going to be anything like the Man City group. I think there's going to be chaotic results left, right and centre. I think Chelsea are going to have that throughout the season because I think you can see they've got they've got this like naivety to their game where they can switch off in, in the worst moments. Um, and people are talking about Mendy being his great goalkeeper when, in all honesty, 
Like, who's actually watched him? Like, not many people have seen anywhere near enough of him. It's just because people are saying Kepa's so bad, there must be a guy better called Mendy, and we've bought him, and he must be good. So, um, yeah, I think Rene could cause some issues. Severe definitely going to cause issues. Chelsea are not walking away with this group with ease. Um, interesting you mentioned Mendy. He came from Rennes, didn't he? So, yeah. so they've lost their, their main keeper. Uh, so it will be sort of interesting to see what they can do there. But uh, Anthony, I'll come to you. Um, Rambo makes a good point. Rennes, they do have a lot of young talent there. They've got Camavinga, who's probably the highest maybe one of the highly, most highly rated and sought after young players in Europe at the moment. Do you think that would be a surprise? Do you think there's there's a um, potential that Chelsea, as we've seen in the league, haven't gelled yet, that that carries into the Champions League? Or do you think they've been fortunate the way it's the way it's fallen for them? Um, well, I'd, I'd have to bow to Rambo's knowledge and yourself's knowledge on ranks. I just I haven't seen much of them. So, you know, we would have thought they came in as one of the lower ranked teams in, in the competition. I, I didn't know what to expect from them. But look, Every year there seems to be a surprise package. Maybe, you know, if they have got young, young players ready to break out, uh, they could ruffle a few feathers. I definitely think Sevilla will, will cause Chelsea problems. I think at the outset of this season, because Chelsea were spending so much money and making all these eye-catching deals, there was a lot of heat about them and a lot of hype about them. But what's playing out is really, when you think about it, sort of ined- inevitable. They're trying to bed so many players in such a short space of time that there's a there's... Teething problems, you know, they've got an enormous amount of quality, but he's, he doesn't know his best team yet, he doesn't know how to best set them up yet, probably. Um, and he's also under pressure because he spent so much money. So, you know, a real canny streetwise and seasoned team like Sevilla can can pounce on that and, and turn that up on Chelsea. So, uh, no, I, I think Rambo's right in that this one, it might, it's not going to be a Chelsea cakewalk, uh, because of Sevilla's pedigree and the quality that they have. So, um, then, as I said, renders are sort of an unknown quantity to me that, that possibly could ruffle a few feathers, and then the other crowds are, are probably just there to make up the numbers. Yeah, pretty much. Um, Harry, do you know much about Ren or, or um, any of the teams in this? Um, not a great deal, to be honest. I've seen bits and pieces of Ren, and I know they've got a lot of talent, a lot of young talent. As Rambo said, they're a side that are really up and coming. Um, I think they finished in third last season in the French League which is really impressive when you consider, you know, they were above quite a few big clubs. So that's something to take confidence from. I actually think Sevilla will win this group um, because I, I'm still not convinced by Frank Lampard. And, and despite the fact he's gone and spent all of those millions this summer, I still look at his team and think naive. I still look at his team and think he hasn't really addressed some of the issues that they've had. Um, and I still look at him and think he's a naive manager and someone who's still learning. And this job, given the sort of money that Abramovich has pumped in again, now carries much more pressure than it did when he first took it. And I'm not sure that he's even going to, you know, I don't think he's going to achieve what, what he's going to set out to achieve at the start of the season. And I, I would be worried about them kind of going away to some of these teams and coming unstuck. So I'm not so sure they're going to run away with the group. I think they'll they'll qualify. I think they'll finish second. But I think someone like Julian Lopetegui, very experienced coach, um, he's got a very useful side there at Seville. His, his system has been embedded. Everybody knows what they're doing. I think they'll just have enough to win that group. Chelsea second, Ren third, and then I'll go with uh, Krasnodar, uh, who knocked out another one of the Greek teams, Pauk, in the qualifying round. Um, but they weren't anything special from what I saw over those two legs. So, yeah, I'll put them at bottom. 
Gav, <clears throat> do you see a situation where Chelsea can finish this in third, or is that even doing them a disservice? Like, and I'm thinking, you know, they bought all these talented players, but Lampard is a bit of a, you know, he's he's not proven anything really yet. Do you see a chance where they, they slip into the Europa League, or do you think they'll just have too much that Ren may be a bit too inexperienced? Sevilla could be the, the tray here, or what way do you see that fall? It's very possible. It is very possible. You know, um, Anthony mentions there about the amount of quality they have, but they're trying to gel it all together. And they're, they're not going to get long to do that, especially where this Champions League is just bundled on top of each other now. You know, doesn't, you know, it just seems to be like, Champions League, League, Champions League, there doesn't seem to be a break because they're trying to get it out of the way. It's a lovely mix of a group, I have to be honest with you. You know, Krasnodar, you know, all them teams will be expecting to beat them. So you end up in a three-team shootout, a kind of a round robin. You look at Sevilla and, yeah, obviously, listen, they just finished toward win the Europa League and win it. That's what they do. But at some stage, Sevilla are going to have to come out of a group. And, you know, is it just when you not get knocked out of the group and toward you go into the... Europa, it's not round sixteen as well, is it? No, it's just when you come. Right, forward, okay. So, the, so they're not, they're not winning the group and getting knocked down the last sixteen and dropping no, back into Europa. They that's have okay. to finish tour to get their Europa. Yeah, no, that's that's fine. No, that's fine because there's that amount of people or teams in the Europa League. I thought like if you lost the quarterfinals of a Champions League at this stage, you go into the Europa League, but. It's a lovely mix for me because you have got Chelsea. They have signed a lot of quality. They spent an awful lot of money. They have a manager that um, I don't expect to last too long. Hands up. I, yeah. I, 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 that's just the way I think. But you have Sevilla. They're wily. They know what they're at. The, the European football, you know, they're, they're good at it. And then you have um, Ren that, you know, as the lad said there, um, Doc who was signed for them as well. You know, they have lost a couple of players, but they, they could be just this team that just go out with a, you know, free flowing, nothing to lose and could upset a few. So it, it could, Chelsea be looking to get out of this and while getting out of this group are knitting this side together and look to get the other side of Christmas and then go, we can have a good go with this, you know, and again, they'd have nothing to lose after Christmas, the position they've come from, Chelsea relatively. Um, so with this group, I think it's going to be a cracking group. I really do. I think that, I think there's going to be some mad games in it. I think there could be a couple of upsets in it. But oh, Chelsea finishing toward, I think, is, is an, out, an outside bet. But I think it'll be very, very exciting. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it. Because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money. Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Yeah, I think so. I mean, the, the lack of crowds could be playing into their hands there. Sevilla is a tough place to go. Um, and Krasnodar, I don't know what they're made of, but... You wouldn't fancy. They still have to travel to it, but no sort of crowds as well might make it a bit easier. Um, no, you go ahead, Randall. I was going to say, the one thing I'd say about Sevilla is they've lost Benega, who's yeah. basically like the, the dictator on the pitch. He runs the show for them pretty much. Um, and he's done it year after year. And he's headed off to a Saudi club for a little bit. Al-Shabaab, I think. Yeah. Um, so we won't be seeing him again. So I think they, they'll struggle without him in a big way because he's... He's been there. He's done it all. He's captain the side, um, and he and he knows the game. He's a he's a real like. See, he's the sort of guy you want on your team. You'd hate to have him yeah. against you. 
Um, so I think they might struggle without him, which might favour Chelsea or Wren. Um, which is why I'm back in Wren second, to be fair, which is a bit of a bold one, but I, I just really like the way they play. So, Good stuff, good stuff. Give us your, the, the way you think it's going to uh, go out there, Rambo. I, I'm going to go... I'm actually going to go Wren, Chelsea, um, Sevilla... She's Europa's made for her and Krasnodar bottom. Only I mean Krasnodar because the prizes, but I haven't watched enough of them. I did I did um watch them in the qualifiers and they looked dreadful. Just the Greek side were a lot worse. <laughs> yeah. yeah, true, true. Um as Moisey points out in the chat there, you've brought in Rakitic there to replace Benega. So interesting. Um you know, he could slot it's a type of player that could slot in and do that job, but Benega had that snidiness about him that, you know, it's great to have, especially when you're playing in Europe, and especially against the English teams because they seem to be rattled by it. So it's a big loss. Anthony, what about yourself? How do you see this one panning out? I still think Chelsea will sneak it and I will say they'll win it ahead of Sevilla, Wren and Krasnodar. Yeah, good stuff. So I think that's everyone's given their prediction on that, haven't they? Um, I didn't. You didn't, uh, no. I don't. I don't know if Harry did either. Um, Harry gave those earlier, but you can go again if you. Ah, you can do what he wants. Yeah, um, Harry does what he wants when he comes on here and <laughs> sticks the two fingers up to us and leaves. Um, yeah. Fair play to him. Um, I'm going to go. I'm going to go Sevilla top, Chelsea second, Ren toward Krasnodar fourth. Excellent. And Harry, do you want to give us your ones again there? I know you said it when you were, you were talking, but do you want to give us your predictions again? Yeah, I go Sevilla top, Chelsea second, Wren third, and Krasnodar fourth. I'm going for a Chelsea meltdown and to finish fourth in this group. Um, so I'm going Sevilla, <laughs> no, no Wren, bias there. No. no, genuinely, I, I think Lampard's a sham. I think they're... Uh, I think they're in trouble there. I think they've a lot of players to meld in. And whether he brings in Thiago Silva or not, you know, I don't know. I think they've disaster all over them this year. But we'll see. We'll see. The last group of the Champions League that we will look at with the English teams is a, is a doozy. And it's Man United. And I know our boy Coney is in the chat there. Man United fan loves to come in and give a bit of banter with the lads. Um, I'd love to know his feelings on this group. So it's Man U, PSG. Leipzig and Istanbul, Basha Kashir, Basha Kashir, don't know yep. how to say. Basha Kashir, yep, you're good. Um, it's a pig of a group. Uh, Gav will come to you. It's a scaldy one, isn't it, for them? Could have been worse, maybe, but it's not great. No, it's not. It's not great. You know, when when, when Leipzig come out and you've seen how these and Leipzig were last season, and all right, they've lost um, they've lost Werner, they've probably lost one or two more, but they they still they've kept a lot of good players and they've they've signed one or two as well. You know, PSG will be I suppose smarting from that that result in the in, in the final and will be looking to go again. Um and the 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 side from Istanbul, you know, the, you'd be looking to take points there. Surprisingly though, I think United have a chance in this group. Um I really do. I think the way United have been playing hasn't been great. Let's be honest about it. Um, the, the transfer window that they've had hasn't been great. Um, despite trying to sign Jaden Sancho for about six months, and uh, but I think that might lead to a, uh, PSG writing them off a little bit, and maybe Leipzig being a little bit cocky when it comes to United. I think they might have a chance, but it's but it's far from a, a good group for them. You know, um, 
they'll have to they'll have to be looking to win their home games. You know, they'll have to if, if they don't take six points from the from from the home game and away game against um, Istanbul, it, it's curtains for them because I I think PSG might have a bit too much of them, and it'll be a, it'll be a it'll it'll be a game of tennis between them and Leipzig. I'm being honest with you. Anthony, how do you see this one shaping up for uh, Man U? Do you think it's a, a tough one? Do you think it's one they can get through? Do you agree with Gav that, you know, they might be teams might overlook them a bit or how do you see it going? Yeah, it's funny. Like I, I think Solskjaer is in the job now because of their win against PSG. What was that, a year and a half ago? That's yeah. probably yeah. why he, he got the job. And they could actually get him the sack. If if yeah. he knows diving and if they give them a couple of hammerings, but um, I I agree with Gab because United are funny. Like I, I think from the midfield up, they I think actually think they're a very very good side. And when everything clicks and works for them, they're so good that it completely it it shields their defence. Their their back four and the goalkeeper obviously has been an issue for them is is a is a problem. You know, so when it all breaks down, they look dreadful. But when it all works. They can look very good, and and if you look at Solskjaer's reign so far, they go. On, it's really hot and cold. They go on these mad streaks. They can go 18, 19, 20 games unbeaten, and then all of a sudden it just falls apart. That's actually happened a few times, even within his tenure there. So this could go either way. I, I think they could either get out of it, or they could finish toward or fourth. You know, get, get a couple of heavy beatings at the hands of, like, say, PSG, obviously, or, or Leipzig. You know, they're two two semi-finals from last season you know a lot of quality um, and, and the worry for United would be that the t- those two teams particularly are so good going forward that they can absolutely potentially pick United apart but just think United they, they have a lot going for them uh, going forward and if what Solskjaer did very well in Europe a couple of times is basically just play rope with dope sit back and unload his pace on the break it's been effective it's, it's worked for him it'll work again but I, I think similar to Chelsea, and Gav touched on Lampard at Chelsea. I think Man United's problem—they have a major problem—and it is the man in in the manager position. I think Solskjaer is is doomed there. I, I can't see him. I can't see how he's going to be there long term. I think, especially with Pochettino waiting in the wings, I just don't think he's a strong enough manager and a strong enough character to carry them at the manager that club. And so I think if they if a tough autumn slash winter. And they do come into a couple of heavy beatings, which both Leipzig and PSG are capable of doling out, and it could be important for him. Very true. He is the weakest link, isn't he? Uh, Rambo, I'll come to you. Um, do you see, you know, you're having enough. I mean, uh, the lads have touched on the 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 strength they have in attack, and Edison Cavani will add to that, and Alex Tellez will add to that. Do you think that's going to cover up the deficiencies they have at the back? To be fair, I was listening to the lads and like in my head I was kind of like going back and forth on the idea of which way this goes. On one side, I'm thinking Solskjaer loves playing against sides who keep possession so his, his team can play on the counter. He'd done it so many times last year. Um, and in a lot of ways, with no disrespect to Solskjaer or United, that actually really suits them um, because they're, they're fine sitting back. Any t- Most teams can sit in a low block. The difference between like a Burnley and a United is United have more quality going forward so they can punish you more than a Burnley can. The other side of it is Leipzig have recruited really well. Obviously, they got rid of Werner, but they brought in Pani, <coughs> absolutely class. They've got Justin Cliver on loan, who shows great sparks of brilliance. 
and, and they've got Julian Nagelsmann. So I'm thinking it could come down to a tactical battle. You've got Nagelsmann, Tuchel and Solskjaer in the same group. Now, I know who I'd back when it comes to tactics. <laughs> I know my two when I, who, uh, who I think would smash it. But at the same time, United are, are almost made for a smash and grab. Uh, but I'm also back in Paris to go really far this year, maybe one further than they did last year, if only because they're desperate to do it. And Mbappe's pretty much running down the clock until he goes. Um, I don't know where Neymar goes next, but I, I do feel like that is coming to an end soon. Um, whether United can make it through, honestly, it's a, it literally is a flip of a coin. I'm fully sitting on the fence with this one because... <laughs> For me, there's three teams going into the next round. I'm really not sure. And then the, uh, Istanbul um, were really good last year because the league was poor, in all honesty. They won the league, yeah. but Galatasaray and Fenerbahce were, are still going through rebuilds at the start of this season. I think they've lost two or three. Um, I, I can't I can't say I watched that league religiously, but I have watched glimpses of them. And then they're not a side that are going to trouble anyone unless you have to go to Turkey and play in, against a full crowd, which is just not going to happen. Um yeah, predictions is a is a grim one for this. <laughs> yeah, um, Gav is frantically checking to see who the manager of Istanbul is because he doesn't rate Tommy Tuchel. He has him in the side. Oh no! Oh no! Way. It's not, it's not a rating thing. I just don't like him. Yeah. I just don't like him. The way he holds himself, the way he, even the way he looks at people, even when he watches the football, <laughs> I don't like. Um, it's it's I don't know what it is. Can I predict force on this one? No, I want to get. I want to go to Hardy first. Okay. Well, not for predictions, just for his thoughts on it. Because okay. Hardy being our uh, Greek expert, I want to know everything about the Turkish. Um, <laughs> um all I know about them is Martin Skirtle is playing for them. So I think we can put a, a bit of a line under under uh, Basic Ashir or whatever they're called. But do you see any any dangers to United in this? Do you think? Well, not any dangers, but any dangers of them missing out on Europe altogether. It's it's a dangerous group. You know, you've got Paris Saint-Germain. We know they're a team full of quality. You've got, obviously, RB Leipzig, another team with plenty of quality. And as Rambo said, they've got Julian Nagelsmann. And we know what an exciting young coach he is. And you you know that you're going to get a certain standard from his teams. Istanbul Basak Shahir are a strange club because they were only founded, I think, in around about 1990. And they've kind of risen to prominence in Turkey. They won the league last year. Um, but they're not your traditional Turkish powerhouse, like a, uh, you know, a Besiktas, like a Fenerbahce, like a Galatasaray. You wouldn't get the same atmosphere there that you would get at any of those other three clubs that I just mentioned. I don't want to sound really harsh, but they're a bit of a, I look at them and I think plastic club yeah. and I don't like that. They've had a massive bit of investment. You mentioned Martin Skirtle. There's a couple of other ex premier league players there as well. Uh, Denver bar, yeah. um, NASA Chadley. I'm not sure if Raphael, who was at Man United is there as well. Um, I oh, could be wrong on that, but I think he, he might be. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so uh, I don't look at them and think they'll carry any threat. Um, if I'm honest, I think it's it's out of the other three. United are capable. They've got the players. Um, and we've seen in, in recent times that in big games under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, they've, they've produced. But equally, we've seen Manchester United meltdowns as well. So it's really hard to predict what's going to happen with Manchester United. I feel like... They've got the talent from, uh, as you guys were saying earlier on, from the midfield forward. 
but it's about what they do defensively. And, and when you're playing against PSG and, and RB Leipzig to a degree, you can't afford to make those defensive mistakes because they will punish you. So I think, man, you have a chance, but it just totally depends on which Man United turns up. Yeah, I mean, it's it's very true. The, the Leipzig losing Vernable, bringing in Justin Kluivert and Huang from Salzburg was great business, I think, from them, and it will make them attacking. So, um, look, yeah, that'll be a danger. Gav, I'll let you give your predictions first on this one. How does this one pan out? He's on mute. <laughs> sorry, 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 sorry. Um, PSG fourth, Manchester United second, Leipzig third. Um, the Turkish lads fourth. Um, Hardy, I'll come to you next. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Man United, PSG, RB Leipzig, and then Istanbul. Rambo. Enough of this nonsense. Give us a proper prediction. Yeah. <laughs> uh, PSG, Leipzig, United, and Istanbul. They're not actually that Turkish, to be fair. They have a lot of Turkish players for a Turkish side. Yeah, uh, yeah they're bottom. They're bottom, I think. Very true, very true. And Anthony, what about yourself? Yeah, same as Rambo. PSG, Leipzig, United, Istanbul. Me being a bad egg, I'm putting United bottom of this one as well. I'm uh, uh these aren't real predictions from you. This is just yeah. you hating people. No, this is true. This is bad managers getting shown up. So it's uh, PSG to win a Leipzig second, my Turkish boys Basica Share to come toward, and Ole uh, slash Pochettino to come bottom for Man U and there out of Europe. And um, so look, that's all the 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 English group. So before we move on quickly to the Europas, give us just a prediction on who you think is going to win the Champions League or who the dark horse will be. Gav, I'll come to you first. Who do you, who do you fancy for that and who do you think might be the surprise package? Um, I think a lot's going to depend on COVID. I think if football stops again and they, they continue to play the Champions League when it starts up, whoever gets back playing first has a big advantage. Bayern Munich, if you look at them last year, you know, they got their league back up and running before everyone else. And I think it's, I think they got into a rhythm and never came out of that rhythm. So it could be, that could be a factor. You know, we don't want it to be a factor. We want this fucking thing gone at this stage. But I think that could be a factor. But um, if you look past Liverpool for the Champions League, I think, I think you're mad. Um, Dark Horses it's hard to pick Dark Horse because usually usually the cream rises to the top but you you might get one or two in there Um, I don't think there'll be a Dark Horse this year I think football ability will show more than any other season because of the way it's the way it's going to pan out Um, but Liverpool are my choice just ahead of Bayern Munich Excellent Harry I'll come to you next who do you think will win it and who do you think will be the surprise package I want to say surprise. It doesn't have to be a, a, a small unknown team. You know, it could be a big team that's maybe a backup on on the way up. So, who do you fancy? If I had to bet on somebody to win it, I'd probably go with Bayern Munich. Um, covered them quite a bit for work this season, and I was just blown away by how good they were in every single area of the pitch. They're an incredible football team. Um, if I had to go dark horses, I probably would have gone with Atletico Madrid prior to Thomas Partey leaving. I don't know how much of an impact that is going to have, but I feel like Simeone has come <laughs> so close uh, on, a, on a few occasions now that 
you know, he's someone that I always look at. And I think, although when you, they're not one of the traditional names, the Barcelona's, the Real Madrid's, the Bayern Munich's, the Liverpool's, they are a team that are capable on their day of tactically getting it right, frustrating people and getting over the line. So I'm going to scrap Atletico because of the, the Partey thing. I, I think Inter are a dangerous team. Um, I know a lot of people look at Serie A and say it's not necessarily the, the standard it once was. And I know that Inter have been a bit up and down. But again, Antonio Conte, very tactically astute. We know they've got real top quality players uh, and a really strong squad. Some say that they've got the strongest squad in Italy. It's a, it's a debate that's had all the time, um, despite the fact they haven't won the league for so long. So my my sort of pick for favourite would be Bayern Munich. And then if I had to pick a dark horse out of Inter and Atletico I'd just about go with Inter because of that transfer good stuff good stuff and Rambo will come to you next who do you fancy to win it and who do you think will be the surprise package oh, Harry's just robbed my uh, surprise package I was hoping Mine too. Yeah. Going. Uh, Inter for me uh, love love what Conte is doing there he loves wing backs he's got so many of them it's an absolute joke um, he's just got options on options Latoro Martinez Lukaku just always seems like he's got points proof um so I think they're going to take some stopping. I don't think their group's like too terrible either. Gladbach, Shakhtar, Real. So they'll probably get through that group. Um, I can't see past Bayern. Uh, I know Gav said you're an idiot if you see past Liverpool, but unfortunately I do. <laughs> Even as a Liverpool fan, I just think Bayern, um, Sane's addition, I think people don't realise how good Sane is because of this. All. Obviously, he's been injured for such a long time, but I genuinely think he's, he's good enough to carry most teams over the line in most games. Um, as Liverpool know firsthand, because he absolutely terrorised us every single time. Um, I think their squad depth is good. They've still got players who are who are going to turn up. Their group's decent. Uh, and we'll probably get a very good look at when they take on Atletico and when they come up against a low block and how they how they break through that will be quite interesting. But I, I can't see anyone stopping Bayern. Good stuff. I'll see our Leroy Sané and Oreja and Eric Maxim Chupo Motting. So, you know, their transfer business has been a bit dodgy in my opinion. <laughs> but they are the top, top team. Um, Anthony, I'll get yours very quickly and we'll move on to your Europa, but we'll let Rambo drop off. I know you have to, to, to drop onto something else. So, Anthony, we'll just get your prediction for us before we let Rambo go. I think City or PSG are going to go I think they're both going to go close and they're, they're so the two of them are so desperate for it they'll just throw the kitchen sink at it and it has that feeling I think one of the lads mentioned earlier on that the situation PSG are in with say Mbappe I think City potentially with Guardiola as well I don't know how many more seasons are going to get it out of him it has that feeling like this is a last major swing at them at it for them um, dark horse uh, I like Sevilla I think I know they keep dropping into the Europa League but like, I, I like them they're a very solid strong team um, I totally agree with Gav that you just can't consider this without taking into account the environment that the players are going to play like it's it's very difficult to account for how everyone's going to react to whether there's going to be fans in the ground or not and the fact that it's all a bit more sterile now but I just think Seville, Sevilla are a steady eddy side uh, Racked is, is a solid addition and you know they, they might go deep this year good stuff good stuff so Rambo thanks for joining us tonight pal um, it was a pleasure having you hopefully we get you on again soon and we let you drop off now cheers guys just a quick one before I go um, yeah. I'm going to make my Europa League winners prediction I'm saying Spurs are going to win the Europa League I know that's yeah. going to be an unpopular opinion which is why I'm saying it just before I leave 
I'm I'm starting, I was starting to like you. I was starting to like you, Rambo. I was thinking this guy's sound, and then he goes. And says, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he just drops that bomb and just says good luck and heads off. Thanks very much, Rambo. Take care. Um, I like that. I like that. Just out the door, boom, a little slug in the goat. Robbie are in hail. I leave you on the ground gasping for there that's how we do the do things on the day trippers but we'll move on to the Europa League now and you know I'm going to leave Arsenal till the end because with Dundalk in there as well it's an extra sort of thing to talk about so I want to quickly look at the, the other British teams right let's say the British teams so we've got Leicester we'll start with them AK Athens Braga and Zoria Luhansk Roy Harry I'll come to you because we've got AK in there and um, do you think Leicester will get out of that group or is there Leicester for me are head and shoulders above any team in that group. I think they'll get out of it very, very comfortably. Um, again, I'll go back to what I was saying earlier on. You travel to some of these places with crowds, it's a different story. Um, you play them behind closed doors and all of a sudden that kind of leveller is gone. Um, I don't particularly rate AEK Athens as a side anyway. Um, Zoria, I don't know a great deal about. And Braga are one of those kind of nice places to go to um, where they play some nice, neat and tidy stuff. Arsenal faced them a couple of times in recent years. So I've had a close look at them um, on occasions, but they're not anybody I'd be losing sleep over, to be honest. Gavel, come to you next. Can Brandon Rodgers even manage to get a single point in this group? Ah, Brendan Rodgers. Um, this is what's going to affect them in the league for me. I don't think their squad is big enough to cope with both. And, you know, even if they went down with this group, they still have to play six group games and it's going to be very, very congested for them and it's going to be a Thursday-Sunday job that nobody, despite the fact that, you know, Wednesday-Saturday or Thursday-Sunday, there's no fucking difference, you know, but people seem to struggle with it. I'd say I would I would say to get out of that group though. I think you know AEK Athens Braga, you know they'd be looking to to be be all, again beat all these sides at home and try rest players at some stage away and nick a point and you know you go through. Um, but <coughs> if Brendan Rodgers' past form is anything to go on, Leicester could struggle in that group. But I don't think they will. Um, I think it's a group that's fell for them. But then he has to reevaluate when he gets out what he wants to do because. I think the I think that league form could struggle because of this group, and then they might have to make a decision to knock one of them on the head to benefit the other. So, but I, yeah, I can see them getting out of that group. Excellent, excellent. And Anthony, what about yourself? Uh, can you see any problems for them? Well, it's sort of up to them. Like uh, Braga, watch Rangers dump Braga out last season. I remember watching that game. And, you know, the Leicester, you'd think should be able to change things up and, and be okay. But you now Wolves went deep in it this year. And probably affected them, you know, in that chase for. Yeah. You know, they they were in the top four mix, you know, towards the tail, you know, getting into the business end of the campaign, and Leicester certainly this season would, you know, the way things panned out from the end of last season, they'd have to be thinking of making another push for the top four. Um. So I think this is way down the list of priorities, and it's sort of ultimately how much does he actually care about it? And uh, saying that. They should still have enough quality to get out of it. But beyond that, I don't know like, how deep Leicester are going to go into this purely because, you know, he'd be, I think Brenda will have it well down the list of priorities and um, you know, they might not get further in the last 32. Yeah, 
He is the big worry, isn't he? Brendan's he's a, a fragile, naive egomaniac, which doesn't make sense, but that's what the man is. We've seen him with Liverpool in Europe, and he yeah. was a shit show. And that's yeah, the worry yeah. I'd have for him is how do you know? So, we won't predict the group, but do we think Leicester will get through into the next round? Everyone, yeah, 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 okay, right. So, we'll 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 put a line through that. Next one, we'll come on to we'll look at the Scottish teams. Um, Celtic, Lille, Milan and Sparta, Prague. You know, that's a cracking group. If there was fans, that'd be a great little group to go, a few nice away games and all that. Is, Anthony, I'll come back to you again. Do you see Celtic coming out of that or is, is there too much quality in the other teams there between Lille, Milan and Sparta, Prague? Uh, no, I, th- I, I think they'll make a decent fist of getting out of that key. Like they had a, last season, they, they did the double on Lazio in the group stages. And Milan, I think Milan is actually a great, and a lot of levels, it's a great draw for them because it's a traditional, it's a big name, a powerhouse, but they're after, you know, they're clearly not what they were. But it's the type that will allow Celtic to get their teeth into it. Lennon will get them fired up, and, you know, they'll play in the underdog, underdog type fans or not. Um, and, you know, well, as I said, like Milan are sort of, although I think Milan are, it's funny because watching them against Shamrock Rovers, like they're, are in a weird place like they're sort of like they've almost been humbled by, by the way things have gone from the last couple of years and they're sort of starting again they're trying you know they've got a lot of good young players Milan uh, Tonali they brought in this year on a, on a big money loan as well yeah. I like him a lot um, but now I can think I can see Celtic making a decent fist to getting out of that but again like it's you know, they, they don't have the money or the clout to really make a big dig at even something like the Europa League these days. You know, I think in recent memory, Celtic used to be capable of getting to the knockout stage of the Champions League. I can't see them going further. They got to the last 16. I think they've done really well. I think Rangers got to the last 16 last season, which was was a very good run for them. Celtic got to the last 32. So I think Celtic get out with that group that have done well. But again, I can't see them going much further than that. Yeah, we won't waste too much time on this. Does anyone see Celtic getting out of the group? I don't. No, I think they'll struggle. Yeah. I do. I, I don't either. No. I think they might get to Yeah. I, I, Bottom. I, well, no. I'm looking at it and I think Celtic, I, I think I think that the whole fan thing is a huge thing for Celtic. Um, yeah. It's a massive, massive factor when you go away and play at Celtic. Um, the crowd is unbelievable. It's absolutely unbelievable. I've been at Celtic Park on numerous occasions, and it's it's off the wall, Matt. Um, you know, and, I, and that's for a standard game. Europe is just I know people that travel to Celtic regularly, and 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 for European games, they say there's nowhere like it. Um, but I think I think when you look at Milan and Lille in particular, I think Celtic will struggle. Um, but I put them somewhere around toward. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we won't waste too much anymore on that. We'll move on to their their neighbours, Rangers, and they've got Benfica, Lech Poznan, and Standard Liège. Um, Harry, I'll come to you. Just any chance of Rangers coming out of that, or um, I think they've got more of a chance than than Celtic do. I think that when you know Benfica will probably win that group, in my opinion. Lech Poznan and Standard Liège. Two sides that you could you could get the better of. I still think it will be difficult, though. I just feel like the Scottish Premiership is a long way off of kind of how some people think it is in in their heads. It's you know Celtic and Rangers, huge clubs, huge fan bases, but it is the level they're at 
good enough to compete on the European stage. I'm not necessarily sure it is. I think Rangers have more of a chance than Celtic, but I don't think it's a guarantee either that they'll get through that group. Um, Anthony, what about yourself? Any chance of Rangers getting them? Yeah, again, I, I'd give them a fighting chance of squeaking through. You know, it's, I, I agree with what Harry says, but I, I think like on a given night, the likes of Celtic and Rangers can can lift themselves a couple of notches and, and possibly take a team or two by surprise. I'll give them a fighting chance. I wouldn't put the mortgage on it. But again, I'd, I'd say maybe they potentially could get sneak, sneak second again get into the knockout stages. My mute, Mike's on you. Uh, Gav, what about you? Stevie G, get them through. Um, no, I'm sorry. Um, I think Rangers would like to do well in Europe this season, but Rangers' sole purpose of existence for this season is stopping Celtic doing 10 league titles in a row. Yeah, yeah. you know, um, Celtic done it back in the 60s. Um, I might have been the 60s. I'm not, I'm not a Celtic historian. I know Rangers done it in the, in the 90s. Um, and if they can take one thing out of the season, it's winning the league title to stop Celtic down 10. Because if they do 10, no one will ever do it again. Um, they, do they have a better chance than Celtic? I don't think so. I think Celtic are a better side than Rangers. You look at the sides that are in that group with Rangers, you go, yeah, are they as good as, as the ones in Celtics? I'm not too sure. But looking at this, Rangers have a massive decision to make because, you know... I don't know what the squad is like for, for Gerard or, or Rangers, but they their, their sole existence is to um is to, but, is to absolutely get, get put everything they have into a league title. Because listen, Rangers aren't going to win the Europa League, right? They might get into the last thirty two if they get out of that group, and then they might go out. And you know that six, eight, ten games or whatever it might be could be the difference between them winning a league title and not. And the repercussions of not is absolutely ginormous. This is why I say, though, about the, the kind of the level of Celtic and Rangers, because you could quite confidently look at Arsenal, Spurs and Leicester and say that if they fielded second strings, they'd probably still get through their groups. You can't really say that about Celtic and Rangers. And that's the difference. They, they have to choose League or Europa League, like you're saying, and they don't have the depth to be able to, to make that kind of, you know, to, ha- to juggle the two competitions. And so they have to be at full tilt in both, and I just can't see it happening. Can I just reply to Dan Jay, who says Gav hates Gerrard? I don't hate Stephen Gerrard. He's one of the be- he's one of the best players that's ever played um, the game, I, um, and in particular for Liverpool. Uh, I, I just don't rate him as a manager, um, yeah. and the reason I don't rate him as a manager is because what he's done in his managerial career. Um, I've also said if he goes and he he takes a, a team. Um, whether that be a top team or a, or a mid-ranking team in a, in a stronger league and comes out the better of it, I think you could start looking at Gerrard and, and giving them massive credit for a managerial career. I don't hate Stephen Gerrard, though. Um, do. I don't. I absolutely don't. I just, I think right now, Stephen Gerrard, and this all goes back to the talk of him being Liverpool manager, right now that's just a romantic notion. You know what I mean? It's 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 madness. It's absolute madness. It's just a romantic notion. And romantic notions in football don't work um, 99% of the time. So, um, just Stephen Gerrard, I don't hate him, but I just, I don't see the massive, the massive hype around him as a manager as of yet. 
Excellent, excellent. Right, we have 100 likes to 200 people watching. Smash the like button if you can, folks. We appreciate it if you do. And if you don't, we're not going to give you our prediction on who wins the Europa League. So, you know, well, you really want to hit that. Um, we'll quickly do spores now, lads. We'll quickly do spores. Um, Ludogorets, Antwerp and Lask. Then they're not going to struggle in that group. Where do you, Anthony, will come to you. No, no. Well, I mean, I'd say I'll get in early. That Spurs have a good chance. So you know, I think they've, they've got to be one of the favourites to, to win the yeah. Europa League. Jose is uh, he's hungry for silver and he doesn't tend to pass up a chance to, to have a crack at, one, at either side. And no, they'll no. breeze through that. And um, you know, they're, they're one of the big guns in there. So you know, Spurs, all of a sudden, I like the look of Spurs. At the start, mm-hmm. I thought, they were, I thought they were, we were looking at a, another Jose meltdown. But they've, uh, they've had a, a good window. And he seems to have got a bit more uh, shape and discipline and, and a little bit more uh, balance about that team now. So they seem to be, uh, yeah, may- maybe maybe there's another kick in Jose yet. I thought he was washed up, but he might make a mug of me. Yeah, I think a lot of people sort of are in that boat. Um, Harry, what about yourself? Do you, do you see any problems for them in this or do you agree with Anthony that they're, they're really going to push it? I know you'll have your own opinion on who will win it, but... No, I, I agree. I think that they are one of the strongest sides in the competition. They've got a manager who's been there and done it. They've got some really talented players. And it goes back to that point I was just saying about the Scottish sides. I think that Spurs, like a few other clubs in this competition, could probably get away with rotating their squad quite heavily in the group stages and still get through unscathed. So for that reason, I don't think that they'll struggle at all in that group. Yeah, um, Gav, what about yourself? Um, do you see Spurs struggling at all or do you think Jose will just take this and treat it like the Champions League and go all out? No, um, and I think it'd be similar with Arsenal. I think I think Spurs and Arsenal, um, I might as well say about both of them before we go on to Arsenal in detail, but I think what these two clubs in particular will do is I think they'll try use as many fringe players as they can to negotiate the group stages. Um, simply A, looking at the group they have and B, their aspirations for the season in terms of the Premier League because make no bones about it, you know, Jose Mourinho wants to get into the Champions League with sports, it's pointless the fact of being there otherwise is pointless and Mikel Arteta, um, as I've said on numerous occasions has gone the right direction in Arsenal and it's a, a massive shot in the arm especially after the signing party who's, who could have been staying at Atletico and looking at quarterfinals or possibly semi-finals or further in, in a in, in the Champions League to, to go to Arsenal which is a fantastic signing for them and go and play Europa League I, they need Champions League for me, Arsenal, and they, they have a real good shot at it. So with both of them, I don't think they have any problems in the group, but I think what you will find is, is that they will use their squads as much as they can in these group stages from the outset, in my opinion, to try to get through the group and then play a game of bingo after Christmas and see when everyone else is in the same situation where it's a congested um, fixture list you have you might have FA Cup still going you'll have League Cup going till February you, you could have Champions League going for other clubs you've Europa League going for these two and of course the Premier League they, they'll play a game at bingo after Christmas and hopefully that decision to to negotiate these groups with as not not no force team players but a minimum amount of force team players uh, I think I think that's the way they both go both get out of groups though no problem yeah, I agree. Um, so we, we all see Spurs not, not having a problem getting out of that. So we'll come on to Arsenal now. And it's an interesting group, especially for, for Irish fans as well, because 
well, we've got Hardy in here to give us the Arsenal perspective. They're in with Dundalk, and it's probably an unknown element for yourself. You know, Anthony, I'll come to you first. Arsenal, right? So the group they have is Dundalk, Mould, Mould and Rapid Vienna. <clears throat> From a Dundalk point of view, can they get anything in this group? Well, the first thing to say about this is that Dundalk, I think, are getting about two point, nearly €3 million Euro yeah. straight off the bat for, for having making it to the group stage. Which is huge. It's, I think about it's over half a million quid for a win, and it's nearly 200 grand for a draw. So this is that's major money for a club like Dundalk. And I, I think it's, it's big money for even for the likes of Celtic and Rangers, which is why yeah. I think even though they might like to prioritise the league, Maybe they'll be under pressure to have a bit more of a go at the group stages, the way things are now. Uh, so for Dundalk, this is absolutely massive, and it's it's incredible actually that they've got this far. I mean, Dundalk have been it's been a basket case club this season. They they got to the group stages in 2016, which was an incredible achievement, and that was an achievement that probably changed Irish football because Stephen Kenny ultimately got the Ireland job off the back of yeah. of how they did that. Now, that Dundalk team, uh, they broke ground by getting to the group stages and picking up points in the group stages and doing it in a particular way, a really expansive, attractive way. It got Stephen Ireland, it put Stephen Kenny on the map, and then ultimately he's now the Republic of Ireland senior manager. This season has been very different because this just doesn't make any sense. The guy that came over to take the job, uh, Gia Vignali, was running summer, summer camps in the U.S. He, he has no top-level management experience. And when I say yeah. top-level management, I'm talking like, you know, at any at League of Ireland level, at Scottish 4th Division level, this guy's just come from nowhere. But what they have is just a seasoned bunch of lads. A lot of the players who, who did it four years ago are still there. They also got a kind path to the group stages. Yeah. You know, they when they did it four years ago, they came through the Champions League pathway, whereas this year they, they, they had the Champions pathway through the Europa League they lost the first Champions League qualifier so it was it was a fairly kind pathway through so this is absolute bonus territory for them. the only shame for Dundalk is that you can't have a full house yeah. in Viva Stadium to welcome Ar- even if it was an Arsenal second string it'd still be a fantastic occasion and it would still be a big you know big uh, gate money for them which is the shame but can they get rid of points I think they I think they could nick a point off Molde now, yeah. they're still a de- they are a decent side you know Dundalk are a professional outfit no, they're not amateurs. They're, they're fully professional outfit. So, you know, just in terms of fitness levels and things like that, I think they'd be able to, to stand up to, to someone like Mulder. So I, I think they potentially could nick, nick a draw. Uh, nick a draw or two. They're, they're the two games to be looking at. The two Mulder games. Yeah. And that's, you know, it, it might sound like, you know, damn with faint praise or whatever, but two draws for Dundalk in a group like that would be huge, you know, and it would create such a buzz for them. Um, Gav, I'll come to you. Um, do you see, I know you being a good Shamrock Rovers man, you have a lot of time for Dundalk. <laughs> yeah. Do you do you think um, Dundalk can do anything here or is it, and look, we'll come on to Arsenal in a minute because we know where they're going to be the other end of the spectrum, but. Do you think Dundalk and they want from an Irish point of view on this, or are they just there to enjoy the ride and the fact he got the three million, as Anthony said, banked? There's a lot going on around Dundalk this season. You know, Anthony's right, three million there, and you're looking at bonuses for draws and, and wins and stuff like that. The issue Dundalk had in 2016 was was that the player bonus um, 
scheme that they had up and running took a hell of a lot of money out of that money that they got yeah. in 2016 along with Stephen Kenny himself and listen that's standard practice you know Shamrock Rovers done it in 2011 and got to the to, got to the Europa League um, group stages as well and the players were you know quite really entitled to a, a decent chunk of it so the, the 3 million quid I don't know what that works out at the end after bonus for getting there, but of course you're looking to win points and the the owners are are um, interesting up in Dundalk. I'm being honest, they are interesting. You know, there's a lot of pressure on them to uh, update the facilities at that ground, um, which is is not up to standard in my opinion. But on a footballing sense, Anthony's right. They got a very good path through. You know, they played. I think they beat a team from the Faroes to get. In the last round, they had Sheriff, um, and they had some other crowds, but they, you know they were Moldovan crowd or something like that. But they did get a very um, kind path through. The manager thing is mad. The manager thing is mad. This guy was running summer camps. Um, yeah, he might have been like assistant to the assistant for some serious C team at some stage as well, if I, if I remember right. He was doing AC Milan summer camps, wasn't he? Yeah, he was he was doing the proper one. He wasn't doing any messing. It was proper AC yeah. Milan stuff, like you know. But um, in terms of the football, um, they haven't been good this season, Dundalk, and that's due to the managerial situation and stuff like that. They haven't been good, you know. They've managed to get through to this stage. They will have, you know, they'll they'll have a right go, um, and they do like to play a decent brand of football. You have to hand that to them. But I think I see them struggling. Badly in this, you know, they're not going to touch Arsenal. Mold is a fair, yeah, that's not not too bad of a show. Who's the other team in the group? Rapid Vienna. Rapid Vienna, you know, not not a bad side. Rapid Vienna, you know, um, just on the name alone. But they could get a draw. Could they get a win somewhere? I'm not too sure. I don't think the Aviva thing is is an advantage to them either. Um, even if they were let, if they were allowed crowds in, you know, you're getting a big one for Arsenal. That's great. I couldn't see massive crowds for Molde and, and Rapid Vienna. But they sh- in my opinion, with no crowds, they shouldn't have went to the Aviva. They should have went and played it. If they can't play in their own ground, play it in, play it in Rovers ground in Tala. Or, you know, play it somewhere that it's a big, massive, open, empty stadium. You know, it's not going to do anything for them. Whereas even even the likes of a Tala stadium that holds 10,000 people, it's a smaller environment. And it's one that they're more used to. You know, as good as Dundalk have been for the last four or five years or whatever it might be, they're, they're used to playing in those sort of grounds. The Aviva comes around once a season, you know, or a big game in Europe that you're not expected to win. So I think it's a bit of a bad meal for them, what they're doing with the Aviva. They're not getting any benefit out of it because there's nobody there. So um, that might be a bit of a thing, but you never know. But for me, it'll be for me it'll be Arsenal and, and Rapid Vienna out of that group. Well, the the Aviva team, there's two good rings end lads playing for Dundalk, uh, Sean Gannon and um, Dan O'Kelly. So, you know, the the local rings end support will give them all they need. So we can see them being a surprise packet. Not really. Uh, Harry, have we frightened you about Dundalk? Have we put the fear of God into you? And are you now worried about Arsenal's progress through this group? Well, I'm on here with three Irishmen, so I've got to be careful what I say. You walk away, buddy. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, jokes aside, I'm not I'm not concerned about any side in that group, to be honest. I, I think mm. that Arsenal, uh, as you said, Gav, will get through that group by playing their second string. And when people talk about Arsenal's second string, we're not talking about a bunch of 17, 18-year-olds. We're talking about people like Nicolas Pepe playing, potentially. We're talking yeah. about... Eddie and Ketia up front. We're talking about, um, you know, you don't know 
people like Mohamed Elneny probably in the midfield who are very experienced and centre-backs that, you know, have, you could argue that when he's fit again, Mustafi could be someone we use, a so World true. Cup winner. So, yeah, you know, we're not talking about, um, you know, a bunch of kids. I think Arsenal have enough to get through that group stage. And that's based on previous evidence because we've been in the Europa League three times previously we went to the semi-final the first time the final the second time and obviously we lost in the round of 32 last year but we still navigated through the group stages with zero damage uh, and by playing those kind of sides so I, I just think the level between sort of the top end Premier League sides and those sides is so big that I don't see Arsenal having any problems getting through that group if I'm honest. Mm. People are sorry Keith people are asking yeah. about the, the stadium situation you know um Chris asks there, um, is the Aviva situation like Arsenal played, used to play European games at Wembley? No, the, the issue is, is that you need a certain standard of stadium, um, to play in the Europa League or Champions League. Dundalk simply don't have it. Um, somebody else asked, how can Shamrock Rovers do it? And, uh, Rajiv says, how can Shamrock Rovers play at their own stadium? Dundalk can't. Um, Shamrock Rovers stadium is, is, 10 years old, 11 years old. Um, it holds eight and a half thousand all seated. Um, it has, it's the, it's the best League of Ireland stadium in the country. Um, and that's why they can play. And um, they have all the access. They have all, everything they need for outside broadcasts, everything. Um, with Dundalk, I think what happened here with Dundalk is they probably seen a chance to book the Aviva. And look, if we can get 30% of the people in there, a 30% attendance is 15,000, which would dwarf what Dundalk could hold at their own stadium. So they probably took a bit of a gamble on that. And it hasn't quite come true, you know. So that's the situation with the stadiums. Yeah. Um, and Hardy, I'll come to you again. Um a lot of people are asking about this while we're on Arsenal, the William Saliba uh, situation. What, what, what do you, what's your take on that? They were looking to loan him back to Senate and what ran out of time, was it? Do you not yeah. see much or what's the situation there? It, it's a strange one because obviously Arsenal paid close to £30 million to get William Saliba, not last season, the season before. Um, well, last, yeah, now. Um, but basically, the, the idea was for him to go back to France, to play a season there, to get a bit more game time, a bit more experience. Um, and then he would come and in, be integrated with the squad. And for whatever reason, Mikel Arteta doesn't feel like William Silliba is quite ready. Um, it it kind of was kept quiet at the time, but it's, it's since emerged that William Silliba lost his mother Um midway through last season he had a lot of injury problems we're now kind of getting the vibe that actually some of those injuries and some of the absences were not down to injury it was down to him obviously grieving and and at the end of the day although we've paid a massive fee for this guy he is just 18 years old yeah. and I can't imagine how difficult it must be to lose a parent at that age and then to to uproot and leave your family and go to another country and be under the pressure that you would be under playing for a club like Arsenal. So whilst it's a little bit disappointing because we probably looked at him and thought, you know, after a season, he'll be ready to be a squad player at least. Centre-back is an area that Arsenal, you could argue that some of them are not good enough, but in terms of numbers, we're very, very well stocked. So if it's better for him in the long run and it's better for Arsenal in the long run, then I don't see um, why why loaning him out would necessarily be a bad thing. I think we did 
well, I know we did try and, and send him back to St. Etienne, which would have made perfect sense because it's a club he's, he's he knows. It's a club he would have no trouble settling in at. But the problem was that we couldn't get it done in time. There's been sort of whispers about him joining a championship side on loan because, of course, the window is still open uh, for domestic trade. I'm not sure that that's the right move for someone like William Saliba, though. Um, it's a very different league. It's a very different style of football. Unless unless they are absolutely confident that the club he's going to join. For example, if he joined the Brentford, where you know they play a certain way um, and it's quite a progressive style, then I wouldn't be against that. But there are other clubs in that division that you don't necessarily want him to go to. So it's going to be interesting to see if they do decide to let him go down the leagues or if Arsenal say, well, we've got six Europa League group stage games here and you could probably get a run out in these um, and that will kind of take you up until the January window and then maybe uh, we could do something else then. But it's not to do with the club thinking he's not good enough or that he won't be good enough in the future. The way Mikel Arteta summed it up was his sort of progress last season hit a couple of brick walls because of things going on in his personal life and we just don't think he's progressed as much as we had hoped by this stage. So doesn't mean he's, he's done, but he just needs a bit more time to get back on track. Yeah, just very young, isn't he? At the end of the day, as you touched on, the, the big the expectation that, with the price. Exactly. You forget the age. What were we like when we were 18? That's that's the thing, isn't it? It's, you look at them and you say they're professional footballers and they're earning X amount, but an 18-year-old is an 18-year-old. He's still a kid. Yeah, very true. I'm not even going to tell you what I was doing when I was 18. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's true. I'm not mentioning either. Um, so listen, we 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 know, right, Harry? Arsenal are going to walk through this group. We, there's not going to be a worry there. We, we all think that. Yeah, no. Look, I think we'll all agree on that. Before we finish up, lads, who's going to win this? Who's going to win the Europa League? Uh, Gav, we'll come to you first. It's a hard one, isn't it? Because you you have you haven't seen who's finished third in, in Champions League groups yet, and if you get a surprise one there. You know, like a Dortmund or something dropping out into a place and, and going into Europa League, you go, well, you know, or if something outrageous happened and you had like a Real Madrid falling out or you don't know, but putting it on, on the teams that are in there, you, you know, I t- <laughs> Spurs and Arsenal are hard to look past. I'm being honest with you, you know, simply because of, of the squads they have, you know, um, you know, in terms of, of, of squads, I think Arsenal's are good. I think Spurs is good. If we are talking about Premier League um, comparisons, you could probably say, are they deep enough as Liverpool, City, whatever, Chelsea, United, whatever it might be. But in Europa League terms, I think their squads are really good and and, and their backups are better than everybody else's backups. So you can get through a group stage with a, a minimum of fuss without disrupting your actual season. And I think that's huge. But... Um, a Spurs Arsenal final and we all go around Harry's and just watch them absolutely suffer it'd be amazing <laughs> it would be wonderful it would be wonderful Harry who do you see winning it if you, I know Arsenal are going to be a strong favourite but do you, do you think they will win it or yeah I, I think I've seen enough from Mikel Arteta to say that he's a bit of a cup manager if that makes sense yeah. um, it feels like he's someone who is capable of of putting together a strong game plan, making sure his players execute it. I think sometimes it suits us when we're not necessarily the favourite. And as you said, there'll be some Champions League dropouts later on in the competition. I'm not saying categorically Arsenal are going to win it, but you know, as a fan and looking at some of the signings we've made and the fact that we've been so close in recent years, you 
you have to feel like we can get to the, the very late stages at least. Yeah, and, and something that um, was touched on earlier, you know, the signing of Thomas Partey is an excellent signing for Arsenal, but it's an expensive signing. And I think, you know, you need to be getting into the Champions League. And if that's not possible through a top four finish, which, you know, there could be a lot of competition there, you really can't see them putting all their eggs as the four that they go into that Europa League yeah. basket, can't you? Unai Emery tried to do that, didn't he? Yeah. And it, it blew up in his face, but he, we got to a point did. where... Because he's yeah. not a good manager. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But that's a debate for another day. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if we debate that, Harry. I think we just nodded each other for a half an hour and then and then head off. Head <laughs> into the sunset, everyone handshaking. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hand in hand. Yeah. Anthony, what about yourself? Who do you see winning the Europa League? Yeah, look, I was going to touch on there. Like, I mean, look at the Man United's group, either United, Leipzig or PSG dropping into the Europa League. I mean, it's, it's very difficult to call it at this stage, but you know, yeah, Arsenal Spurs. I think the thing with Arsenal is that is the is the manager. Um, the fact that they have their deep enough squad that they don't have to go full throttle until you know. But if they win the group, which they will, they don't really have to go full throttle until maybe the quarters. Yeah, uh, when maybe a couple more of the big boys will come in, and at that stage you're looking at it going, well, geez, you know, we're X amount of games from winning the trophy here. And I think Arteta has that thing about him where he doesn't allow standards to drop. He'll, he'll keep them hungry like any good manager he'll keep all the squad hungry in their toes and anyone who comes in will be uh, scrapping for a place and uh, you know he's already got a trophy under his belt I think I like him a lot there's a lot to like about Arteta so um, you know he's broken his duck already and then he just gives you the sense Arsenal, Arsenal give me the impression that they are finally going places again I, I think they are, they are a club moving in the right direction and uh I do think they'll get top four anyway, especially with that sign of that part they sign is that is massive. Like that's a statement sign. And yeah. uh, I think they they'll get top four anyway. But you said there's nobody gonna wanna draw Arsenal in the, in the Europa League this season. Yeah, very true, very true. As Laura pointed out in the chat, you know, maybe we should have just said who goes forward out with the current Europa League teams. But I think it's a flip of a coin, isn't it, between Arsenal Sports, two good managers that will look to win it and it'll be just interesting to see see the way it plays out. So look, lads, we'll leave it at that. Um unless Gav, have you anything else you want to add in? Um what day is today? Friday. Um we're gonna do a short video on the whole um pay-per-view football uh, issue that's come up we're going to do something tomorrow it'll either be me or me and Keith if we can sort it out 5-10 minutes you know the way it works um, Sunday we'll be back with the Fatback 4 I know we're going to look ahead to the derby that means so much um, this season um, strangely enough and we're going to look at 5 years of Klopp as well so we're looking for people to give their best memories of Klopp uh, high points low points how you felt when he came in so because it's been an incredible 5 years and um, all that's left to do is for Harry to tell us where he can find us on, on social media and we're done say that again sorry mate you just cut out there I said all it takes now is for Harry to tell us where he can be found on social media and that is the show done Oh, cheers. Um, yeah, just find me at Harry Simiu on Twitter or on the Chronicles of Aguna podcast, uh, where I talk all things Arsenal, um, and some general football stuff as well. So, yeah. A nice milestone there the other day, Harry, you saw. Yeah, we hit a million views on YouTube, which was, which was amazing. Um, so thanks to everyone who's tuned in. Um, and we're fast approaching 10,000 subscribers. So hopefully we get there sooner rather than later as well. Um, and if you are an Arsenal fan, cause I can see there's a few in the chat, um, come over. And, uh, once we get to the 10 K, we're going to be giving away free Arsenal home shirt. So come join us and uh, you have a chance. 
I'll learn that and throw it up on eBay. Love this stuff. <laughs> um, so look, we'll, we'll leave it there. We'll call that a night. Thanks to the lads for joining us and Rambo who had to, had to finish up early. Um, it's, it's been an interesting show, an interesting look at the European competitions. Uh, and we'll finish up there. I've been your host, Keith. We've been the Day Trippers and this has been the Friday Forecast. Ain't no place like a cowboy place. Ain't no town like a cowboy town. Ain't no way like the cowboy way. Have a cowboy kind of day. Yeah. Try the new Big Sky Burger at Roy Rogers. It's Smithfield pulled pork, beer battered onion rings, American cheese, and spicy barbecue sauce on a Kaiser bun. Have a cowboy kind of day at Roy's. Ain't no way you're going wrong. DoorDash and Uber Eats available at participating restaurants. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Sports Social Podcast Network.